Well, good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome to Bridgewater. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Matt. I just want to wish you a happy Mother's Day, and uh, we're just so incredibly grateful for you and uh, what you've done in our lives. We know as men that we wouldn't be here without you, quite literally. Uh, and so we just want to say thank you. And we know that you also don't have to have uh, the legal title of mom to fulfill that role in, in a child's life as a grandparent, as an aunt, as a, a foster parent, as a friend, whatever it might be that uh, there may be people or children in your lives that God has given you influence over and just want to applaud you for uh, the work that you do there. And we also recognize that today can be a difficult day for some. It is a day of uh, remembering a mom who's no longer with you or perhaps there's other uh, painful experiences associated with a day like today. And we just want you to know that we've been praying for you, praying that God would comfort you and the God of all peace would meet you in the space and that today would be a, a gift to you of a reminder of God's nearness in your life. And so just wanted to let you know we were praying for you this morning. If you need prayer for anything like that, by the way, we would always love to connect with you and pray with you about those things. We're just so incredibly grateful for moms and take it from a guy with uh, two kids, two and under, and three foster kids in our home. Moms are incredible. Uh, mine in particular is awesome. And my wife is not my, my mom's great too, but my wife, uh, <laughs> uh, she's just incredible. The things she does, the way she loves, the patience uh, she shows, we're just so uh, grateful for her. And uh, parenting is really interesting as I've examined it over the last couple of years. Like it does a really good job of revealing who you are. Uh, it really exposes a lot of what's in our hearts and what's in there. And every different phase of life comes with its different challenges, right? There's the, the little phase, which they're so cute and cuddly. And then you think you've finally birthed the perfect little angel. And then they grow up and you realize that's not true. And they're sweet and you love them, but yet they look just like you because they're sinners. And uh, you love them through that stage of temper tantrums. And then they kind of grow up and they don't need you as much. You're getting a little independent. And that's a really fun age. And then there's the teenage years. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I joke often that my two-year-old and my 17-year-old foster girl, uh, she's not here with us today, but uh, they have a lot in common. Large, unexplainable emotions. Okay? I'll put it there. And then there's the other phase, which I've actually heard is the hardest phase of all, uh, which is parenting adult children. Uh, when that little perfect angel has grown up to now have power, influence, and doesn't have to listen to you, uh, and you just get to coach and watch. And there's just all these different seasons that we really uh, recognize the, the weight of that calling of helping somebody grow and mature to be uh, a responsible adult. And what I know to be true at each one of those seasons, regardless of where you are, regardless of whether you don't have kids yet or not, is that uh, intertwined in all of those stories and all of those phases is a singular desire. I don't even have to know your personal story this morning to know that that desire in there is to be really good at being a mom, to be perhaps even a great mom or a great wife. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't have kids yet, but you're married and you set out to your marriage to be a great wife, right? You didn't stand at the altar going, hmm, I commit to be mediocre and to give half-hearted all of the time, right? No, you committed in that moment to give all of yourself to all of this person to be all that you can be, but maybe uh, you're not feeling like you're meeting those expectations this morning. Maybe even in your singleness this morning, you're wondering what it is that God has for you, but you want to be great. You want to follow God and, and be really godly through this season, and, and we want to help you this morning understand how that's also God's desire for you. One of the things I know to be true about humanity as, as a whole is that we have these expectations and we don't often meet them. Sometimes there are expectations we put on ourselves. Maybe you're feeling like you're not measuring up to be the friend or sister or wife or mom that you anticipated to be. And you're just, you're kind of beating up on yourself a lot. 
Maybe you're looking at the blessing and curse of social media and you're looking at this perfect life that everybody else seems to live and you're wondering why it's 1130 and you're still in your pajamas and how this mom got all these things done already and you just feel guilty about it and you feel like they're shaming you of expectations that are just never even spoken. Maybe you're in a season of singleness and there's an expectation you had over your life that you'd be in a different place than you are now. Well, what do we do with those expectations? Well, I think we have to understand that so often the things we evaluate ourselves by are actually the standard of the world. Right? What it means to be great in this area, we use the world's parameters to determine greatness. And can I relieve you of that responsibility this morning and say that God has what it looks like in your life to be great. This message is for all of us here this morning, uh, whether you're a mom or not, whether you're a guy, girl, doesn't matter. This message is for all of us. I'm going to tailor a lot of my talk today to uh, moms and women in particular. But for all of us, there is a standard and a calling to put on our life for greatness. But the parameters God uses is, is very simple. It's godliness. That God's desire for your heart as a single individual, as a married individual, as a parent, is that you would be godly. At the end of it all, you would look less like yourself and more like him. And so what we want to do today is kind of lay before you. We're going to go through three different passages. I'm going to give you four truths that we hope are going to guide your heart as you uh, wrestle through the particular season that you find yourself in and how you can begin to ask the question of yourself, how do I walk in the greatness God has called me to in this season right here, right now? Do you have your Bibles going to turn with me? 1 Thessalonians, that's all the way on the right-hand side of the Bible. Turn back a couple pages, and you'll be right about there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be in a couple passages, but we'll start here this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to walk through these passages, walk through some truth, and at the end of our time together, we're actually asked a mom to come share her heart and her perspective on how these truths have impacted her life. Chapter 5, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Here's the first truth for us this morning. God is refining you through this season. God is refining you through this season. I want you to see where this is in the verse, in verse 23. It said, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. If you don't know what this word sanctify means, it means to be set apart, to be made holy or to cleanse from sin. And so what he's saying here is saying, may God himself uh, refine you, sanctify you, pull that sin out of you, make you more like Jesus through and through. So not just a little bit, not like I came to Jesus and I'm kind of different, that through and through our entire person would become changed by who and what God is doing in our Life That God's goal for you in this season is that you would be refined to look more like Jesus. And so here's what this means for us this morning. Not yet, guys. Go back. Here's what this means for us this morning. Your kids are put in your life to help remove sin from your life. And maybe you hear that and go, excuse me? <laughs> Do you know my children? Because they're the reason I'm in church repenting this morning, okay? All right? Listen, that's why I'm here repenting this morning, okay? Here's what I know to be true about kids. They are fantastic at finding our buttons and pushing them. They are fantastic at pushing us to our limits. But here's what we need to understand. They are not the reason we sin. We sin because sin nature still has a hold over part of our knee-jerk reaction to life, and our kids just have a way of poking those buttons. And so 
actually what's happening is that our kids are giving us a gift. A gift of realizing and recognizing places in our heart that aren't yet fully surrendered to Jesus. And maybe you're here and you don't have kids and you're, you, this applies for you and your spouse. That the goal of your marriage is not happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of a godly marriage. The goal of your marriage is holiness, which means God is going to use the spouse and whatever weird habits they have that drive you up the wall what, to make you more godly. And so that, that phrase of like, oh, this, my husband or my wife is just getting in the way of me being godly or my kids getting in the way of me being godly, that's, it's totally false. What's actually true is they're helping me become godly. Moment by moment, temper tantrum by temper tantrum, out of adults and children, it's growing in this godliness. Here's another way I would say it. God has called you to be godly in this season and is using this season to make you godly. Do you catch that? God's goal for you right now, whatever season you find yourself in, and maybe you're here this morning and you're single and you're wondering, what in the world is God doing in your life? God is using this season because he is chasing some things in your life and he is refining in your heart the heart that he wants in all of us, which is a heart that pursues God above all. That doesn't change in any season of our life as the greatest desire of our life. And sometimes we can miss this because we think about ourselves in terms of the roles that we fulfill. I am a mom. I am an aunt. I am a dad. I am a whatever. No, that is a role you play. It is not who you are. See, each of us are, are called by God to be first and foremost daughters of the king, sons of the king, that our identity is those things. And so when we misidentify those things, it really gets in the way of us seeing with right perspective what it is that God is doing in this season. I want to show you something else here out of verse 23. Said, may God keep you blameless. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. You know what blameless means? Without accusation, without fault. Here's what he's saying. At the end of your life, you can get to the end of your life, and no accusation against you sticks. It's this free and clear feeling of saying, I've got nothing against me. I'm good. I'm free and clear. Now, if we have good theology, how do you get there? We don't get there by trying hard. You don't get there by being the perfect parent because they don't exist. They're nowhere to be found, okay? You're kept blameless because the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf pays the penalty for your shortcomings. That includes for you, mom. And so this mom guilt that you feel like you're walking around with, that you're not measuring up, that you're not meeting the standards, that you don't feel like you're, you're keeping up with what everybody else is doing, can you just... Relieve yourself this morning that you don't have to be the perfect parent. And in fact, your kids don't need you to be the perfect parent. Why? Because they have Jesus. He's the only perfect they need. What they need out of you is to watch you model time and time again on the other side of failure, on the other side of shortcomings, running to the feet of Jesus. What they need is to see you model the fact that you know unless God comes through, you don't have what it takes because that is true for your kids. They don't have what it takes to get through this life unless Jesus comes in and rescues them. And so could we relieve ourselves and perhaps even forgive ourselves this morning for the shortcomings and the things we've beat ourselves up on and remember the fact that Jesus is the only perfect our, parents, our kids ever need and be kept blameless. Maybe say, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Well, listen to the promise in verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 
right? Because even in this moment, maybe you're thinking, how do I do that? How do I do that perfectly? Listen, you, you don't. The one who called you is faithful. He will do that in your life. He will carry you through the difficult seasons of parenting that you are wrestling with, the difficult seasons of singleness that you are wrestling. And here's our second truth out of this passage. God has called you to this season. As I was just talking about with roles, yes, he's called you to be a mom if you have kids, or he's called you to be a foster parent or an aunt, or he's called you to singleness, whatever it might be. But far before any of those things, he's called you to be in deep and abiding relationship with him. The most important thing about you, the most important relationship in your life is not the one with your kids or your spouse, though that's important. The most important relationship in your life is the relationship with Christ. That is what he's called you to. And here's the thing. If he has called you to the most important relationship with the creator of the king of the universe, and he did that on purpose. In fact, he went with such purpose that he sent Jesus to the cross so you could be called into that relationship. Don't you think he also has the skill and ability to call you into the season he's called you now? You're not a mom on accident. You're not a foster parent on accident. You're not a grandma on accident. You're not single on accident. God has called you to this season. And here's what I hope this stirs in you. Every time you're wondering and feeling unprepared and unqualified and incapable, that, I want you to know that's okay. It's okay to feel those things. But what is not okay is to deny the fact that God called you here. So often as I'm talking with parents and we're wrestling with kids and they're wrestling with their kids and how to parent them, there's often this tendency to want to ask somebody else to step in. I think that's great. I think there's wisdom in the counsel of many. But my encouragement time and time again is your, your kids don't necessarily need someone else. They need all of you. God picked you to be their parent on purpose for a purpose. God knew when he called you into this season to take care of this kid, the difficulties the kid was going to endure, and he picked you to be there for that child. Didn't pick somebody else. He chose you. Could that speak courage to our hearts this morning that if God saw it in you to be enough for what he called you to do that, that you can see yourself that way? That you don't have to disqualify yourself or discredit yourself through this process? And listen, I get it. You feel like you win some days and other days all you do is lose. I understand that. But it doesn't change the fact that he called you to this season. And beyond calling you to this season, he actually gives you a whole other promise and another passage here in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, here's the, the promise given. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Did you, did you catch that? His divine power has given you everything you need for what? A godly life, which we said is greatness in the kingdom of God, in the eyes of God. God has given you by his divine power everything you need in this season right now, which is our third truth for us this morning. Do you believe that? Do you believe God really has given you everything you need? Do you believe when you're trying to talk to your teenager and try to figure out how to help them navigate this incredibly complex and difficult world to grow up in a teen is that God has given you everything you need through his divine power and wisdom to parent that child in the season they find themselves in? Both through his word, through his spirit, and through the community of believers that you have what you need. Can you believe that at 2 o'clock in the morning when that little sweet angel is screaming bloody murder at you for hours and hours and only the Lord knows why, 
that in that moment God has given you everything you need to be godly in the season, that his spirit has given you the spirit of patience, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of gentleness, the spirit of self-control to be exactly who you need to be in the season to that little baby? Can you believe that when your children have finally left the home and you're an empty nester and you're sitting there with the space wrestling with the fact that you used to identify as mom, 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 mommy, mom, and now you... That role has shifted dramatically that God has given you everything you need in that season to be godly. That if you're here and you're married but don't have kids and you're wrestling with the desire for kids and you just don't know what to do, that you would actually believe that God has given you everything you need in this season to be godly. If you're single and you're frustrated with God, wondering what he's doing, wondering why he hasn't provided for you in the way he thought he should provide for you, that he's given you everything you need to be godly. Here's the truth that I really wrestle with sometimes, is that I know that to be true, and yet so often I think it's on the scale based upon my obedience. That when it feels like God's not coming through, it's because I didn't come through. When I feel like God's not giving me what I need, it's because I'm not the parent I was supposed to be. And I, I can tend to, and maybe you can relate to this, I tend to play this game in my mind that if I, I'm great, God will show me greatness. And that's just not what the verse said, was it? What did the second half of the verse say? He's called us by his own glory and his own goodness. That he's not going to pour out his goodness and divine power and give you everything you need based on your ability to perform as a mom. He's doing it based on his character, not on your character which should relieve all of us this morning. <laughs> that God's goodness in your life is not based on you being good. It's based on Jesus being perfect. And so I don't ever have to wonder if God's going to come through. I know he's going to come through regardless of me because of him. And you know how this is true, not just for you, but it's, it's true for your kids too. Could you believe this morning that God has given your kids everything they need to be godly? Now, as parents, we probably look and we see the things that we're missing and the shortcomings and the failures, and yet we have to step back and say, God has given this promise to our kids too. He's given them everything they need to be godly, and in fact, he's going to do a way better job at it than we are. A way better job at it than we are. It's based in his character, not in ours. Now, I will say, choosing to live a life that honors God and obeys his word, it will go much better for us. God will still show his grace and mercy to us. But when we choose to walk in obedience and walk in that path of obedience, it goes much, much better for us. And here's actually where we're going to go with our fourth point here. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, For we are God's handiwork. Do you believe that? That God created you on purpose, for a purpose, with design, with intention? That you weren't in accidents? You're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, that you were made with, with purpose and intention, and he laid out a plan for your life, which was full of you doing good works, which was full of motherhood, which was full of caring for kids, which was full, perhaps, of singleness and being available to mentor and disciple the younger generation. There is a pathway that God has laid before each one of us. And what this passage tells us is that he prepared it in advance for us to do, which means something really important for us this morning. That God already knows the path your life is on. He's already laid out the good path for you. Now, we as adults, or as humans, God has given us the ability to choose that path or reject that path. 
God has invited us into the path of life, as the scripture tells us, and we get to choose that. And when we choose it, we walk in the confidence of the fact that God already has directed our steps. He's already ordered the good way for us, which means this is our fourth truth this morning for us. That God is preparing you right now for the next season. As I talk with parents and individuals and, and everybody, really, it's not just parents, it's, it's singles, everybody's feeling it. The fear of the future, the fear of what next, the fear of feeling inadequate in this next season. Well, man, I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be married. I, I feel like I'm selfish or this or that, or the other thing. Or I don't know if I'm ready for kids. I don't know if I'm ready to be responsible for this little soul. Or I don't know if I'm ready for teenagers. Like There's all of these fears about what we're going to do next. And could we just rest in what Paul said in Ephesians 2? That God's already laid out that pathway for us and that God knows what's around the next turn for you way before you ever do, which means something really significant for your life right now. It means that right now, God is preparing you for what only he knows is around the corner, which is why that first point I said this morning is so important, that God is refining you right now in the season. This process of him using that difficult screaming child and, and all of that it is part of God's plan to prepare you for what's coming next. So you don't have to walk into the next season feeling unqualified and unprepared if you embrace the season you're in now. Sometimes we cause ourselves undue difficulty because we push off this refining, right? Rather than dealing with our hearts while that child is giving us difficulty, we, we push it off, we numb it, we ignore it. And so then the next season, we just find ourselves circling back to that same piece. Why? Because we're not recognizing that God is using this season to make me godly to prepare me for the next season that he's calling me into the next season he's calling you into. And you know who else this is true for? It's true for your kids. That God knew what he was doing when he gave you that child. And not only that, he has a plan laid out for, for them. He knows what's next for them. And he's preparing them right now for what's coming. And he's going to give you the tools necessary to do just that for them. As I mentioned earlier, we asked the mom to interact with some of these truths, and I just kind of lay before you how this has uh, impacted her life. We hope it encourages you. Let's watch. I always wanted to be a mom, and I really wanted to be an amazing mom. I felt pretty prepared because of how I grew up, but I didn't expect motherhood to reveal just how selfish I truly am. I'm sure I heard that, but I obviously didn't listen. God has and continues to use motherhood to refine me, to make me more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, but I struggle to see the day-to-day -day challenges as God refining me. I allow my kids and my circumstances to control my emotions, and then I'm not quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I struggle to restore my kids gently. I forget that God is using everything and everyone around me to remove what isn't like Jesus. So I have to ask myself, am I letting him do that or am I fighting against it? Do I respond based on what my kids are or aren't doing? Am I sinning in my response because I'm not getting what I think I need? Am I comparing myself to moms around me? Am I sinning in order to get what I feel like I deserve based on all I do? If I remove God from the equation, I miss the fact that he is refining me, making me more like Jesus. The only way to be a great wife and mom is to be like Jesus. I have to be willing to allow God to decide what that process looks like for me. God is the one who determined when I became a mom 
how many kids we had, how close together they are, and how long I will need to mother them. He created me to raise Cole, Maggie, Sadie, and Gracie. He decided whether they were awful or good babies, how much sleep I got, how bad the terrible twos were, which actually turn out to be about 18 months to 18 years old, how many times we were in and out of the hospital, whether my kids were outgoing, shy, athletic, artistic, musical, academic, but he also determined what motherhood would look like for me in this current season. He wanted me to raise four teenagers during this time in history, in this culture, in this community. He determined what circumstances would enter my world that don't have anything to do with motherhood. He actually orchestrated the events of history to bring me to this exact moment in life and in motherhood. He wants me to be a mom right now to an 18, 16, 14, and 13-year-old and knows that not only is that the very best thing for me, but it's actually the very best thing for them. If he orchestrated the events of history to give me those babies and to bring me to this point, I can be confident he will give me what I need to do this well. The one who called me to this season will be faithful to see me through this season. Here again, though, I have got to ask the question if I actually live like I believe that on a daily basis. If I know that he will give me everything I need for this season, then I can't look at my kids or my circumstances to determine if I have everything I need to be godly. When I delivered my miscarried baby and then did it all over again three years later, when my baby won't stop crying for months and I spend night after night crying in the darkness, when I watch my child continually struggle to breathe, when my child's emotions were out of control, when I watched my child be wheeled into heart surgery, when my kids won't stop fighting with each other, when I hold my sobbing teenager, when my child is so mad at me that they won't even talk to me, when I have no idea how to navigate 2023 with four teenagers, when I'm tired and weary from sacrificing and serving and repeating myself and being constantly needed, when I'm lonely, when I'm hurt, those are the moments that I have to remind myself that he has given me everything I need to be like Jesus. My emotions and feelings don't have to control me. I can do this. I can respond with grace and gentleness and patience. I can have joy in the chaos, a peace that makes no sense, and an incredible confidence that he is good. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, so I'm pretty sure he can give me everything I need to respond like Jesus. I worry about my babies. I worry about their future in this world and the future of my grandbabies. I worry about how I will handle the next season. But if I believe that God is good and that he is currently preparing me for the next season, then I don't have to worry about the future. I just have to be faithful right now and take the next right step. God is already in the next season. He will give me the grace to handle what he asks of me then. If I honestly look back, I will see that he has been faithful in every season. He won't fail me now. Instead of running from the difficulty motherhood or life brings, I want to allow it to help me surrender any selfishness, prepare me for what is next, 
and give him everything, knowing that his goodness is running after me. Amen, amen. I just want to read to you that passage of Second Peter again this morning. It says, Divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The band has prepared a song for us this morning that uh, we believe will help remind each one of us the, the truth of what Christian just spoke there, that his goodness is running after us. 